What's up, beautiful ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Ebb and Flow Radio. My name is Stephen Jaggers, and I am your host. Today, I got to sit down with a soul brother. I haven't known him that long, but he is indeed a soul brother. His name is Alex Schimmel, and he is the Yoga General. This conversation that I had with him, we went over so many different topics that are relevant um, as we are coming out of quarantine, a lot of things that we learned through quarantine, and yeah, it was channeled nonetheless, so let me know what you think, tune in, and as always, if you can leave me a review on iTunes, that helps my little podcast grow so much, and I'll be forever grateful. Thank you guys so much, let me know what you think. Much love. All right. So I'm with my good brother here, Alex Schimmel. That's how you, sp- that's how yeah. you say it, right? Yeah. Cool. The Yoga General. The Yoga Gen. So how did you, how did you get that name, brother? <laughs> so Let's hear I've, the story. Uh, one, of my, <laughs> one of my brothers, um, like friend from literally when we were four years old, he, uh, so for a long time before I was into yoga, like I was... I, I used to also say that in a past life, I was a general on horseback. And oh, like, yeah, I, I don't know, it's crazy. Like <laughs> when, I, when I just, if I go through woods or something like that, I just always kind of like think about like war. It sounds, it sounds like kind of wild, but, um, and, and I would just be a leader. Like when I played sports, I was like the captain of sports teams and yeah. just kind of that like uh, all heart, you know, I have a lot of fire and energy. Yeah. Um, and then when I started teaching, teaching yoga, my one friend, he's been calling me it since for like eight years, Yoga General, Yoga General. And, mm. uh, and then just recently I was like, yeah, Yoga General, like, let's, uh, let's go with that. You're leading, you're leading the path. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And for the, for the little bit of time that I've known you, one attribute that I can really feel from you is that sense of camaraderie and that sense of like, um, leadership of the community. Yeah. And like, I can really feel that like general that's really like looking out for the whole. Totally, totally. And another big part of it, um, I think a lot of people are under the, it's like a misconception that as yogis, it's like a really like, you know, peacemaker, be mm. calm, be peaceful. And I think that's important. It's a big part of it. But also as a yogi, we need to like find that inner warrior. And in the history that's of cool. yoga, a lot of the yogis were warriors. And especially right now, there's a, there's, there's a lot of people that are like fighting with hate and fear and it's like there's armies of that coming at us in different ways so we need to build the army of like conscious soulful humans that are ready to to like fight back and obviously it's not fight in a a violent way but like fight back by using our voices and and loving louder it's like taking action yeah it's like um being able to be okay with the full spectrum of experience and and really like moving from a warrior place of love th- because let's face it, life is going to, we're going to see the highs. We're going to see the lows. Not for everything sure. is good vibes only. Yeah. yeah you know, for sure. and it's like spiritual bypass. It is. And we yeah. see that so much within the spiritual community. So yeah, man, that's something that I've really noticed on my own spiritual journey, being in that place of like pacificity in mm-hmm. a way and then coming back to like owning the warrior aspect of myself and and like that almost like keeps my ego in check it keeps me healthy Mm -hmm. it gives me a drive to live totally yeah and i think there's you know it's a balance you have to know when to when to do each one right sometimes we need to realize like hey it's time for just acceptance i don't Mm. need to fight this i don't need to resist this but then there's other times where you need to realize like yeah this this calls upon our inner warrior and, and some fortitude right now. And I think now more than ever, like right now with what's going on in our world, we need to channel that, that warrior. Yeah. And, uh, we don't have time to sit back and meditate in a cave. You know? Yeah. We need people that are conscious that are moving from a heart center, spirit led out in the world that are taking action right now. Yeah. Cause we need, we need, we need change now. I love the phrase, uh, and I heard it from a, one of my friends who's a yoga teacher, but the idea of just loving louder, you know, because uh, again, there's so much 
loud fear right now. And I, I really stay away from the news, but I know in like any glimpse of it or even on social media, I can just see there's so many people that are like being attacked and taken over and conquered by fear. So like the, you know, the yoga general part is, is like, let's, let's get back to, to fighting with love and, and loving louder and, um, you know, not letting things just, just, especially when we don't believe in them or if, if there's like some wrongdoings, we got to stand mm. up for that. Yeah, we need, we need leaders that are willing to, you know, spread that message out into the public. And I love that, to love louder. Yeah. Yeah, what a time, what a time to be alive and, yeah. and to be in that position. Yeah. I know you, let's back up a little bit. So you've been in Arizona for how long? I moved here in October, so... I don't know, eight months, eight months, six months, something. I don't really know exactly. So let's get into your, let's get into your story a little bit. Okay. Like where, I guess, how did you get into yoga? Yeah. So, um, I'm from New Jersey originally and the biggest influence, my first yoga teacher was my mom. My mom's a yoga teacher. She still teaches yoga and uh, a little different style than me. But, uh, That's amazing. yeah, so, so like I, I remember from like a really young age, my mom would play like chanting tapes in the house and mm. when me and my friends were like playing and this is probably because we were like wrecking my house. I'd always, my house was always the one that like was filled with people that all my friends would be over like every day. But, uh, sometimes I think if we were getting too rowdy, my mom would take us through like a, a yoga nidra, like a guided relaxation. Wow. We'd be in my living room, like all, you know, resting and. I would go to some of her yoga classes when I was a kid, and a lot of times I would like set up a yoga mat and have my GI Joes. But a lot of that stuff gets through, you know. Even though I didn't like pay attention to it so much, like it really got through. And then, um, high, uh, like teenage years, rebelled against it. I was like, no, yoga's for my mom and old people, and like not cool to do. And then uh, an injury in college got me back into yoga just for the physical part of it. And that was like a big, um, that was like the What catalyst. injury was it? I was playing backyard football and, and I was playing baseball for my county college. Um, but playing backyard football, got tackled and landed on my shoulder. And like, mm. and just to rehab that, I started to, to do different yoga poses and stretches and like eagle arms. That was like a big one. And, um, and it started to get a little better. But then I also realized that it was actually really helping me with um, like balancing having fun and, and kind of being a, a college kid and, and also still doing well in school and athletics. Like there was a lot and it helped me balance all of it. And I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. And then right around that same time, um, I just started to get more into spirituality. Like it, I reawakened to the, the spiritual part mm -hmm. of me. That kind of slipped in through the back door of yeah. it or what? You started connecting to your body more. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's hard to say. Like, I don't remember exactly what happened. I know as a kid, like, I definitely had a, uh, like a spiritual mindset. I would have never called myself spiritual. I didn't know what that meant, but like, like Star Wars and Yoda and the force was like my shit. Like it changed my life. <laughs> and, and I, and I, and I would like, I was like, I'm a Jedi. I know I am. Cause I know how my mind can like, like change things and even little things. Like I would like make eye contact with people and I'd like attract their eyes to me. Mm. And like, just, and I was like, okay, like this is yeah. kind of cool. And, uh, and then and then, yeah, I don't really know what, what, what awakened it again when I was, um, you know, probably like late high school, early college, but I do know somehow I got the book seven spiritual laws of success by Deepak Chopra. Mm. And that kind of became like my guide to living. That was like, all right, like I'm going to, I'm going to live by these laws. Cause it all really made sense to me. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how, cause I have a similar Similar story as far as like having a core, like a core wound or an injury sports, you know, I was very, very athletic, played sports, had an incredible injury that caused me to like step back and mm -hmm. have to go about life in a different way mm -hmm. and like really connect to my body and start that like that corrective process of connecting back to like, okay, like one of my mentors, he says, you know, the wound is a womb. Mm, love that. And it's like the wound is where is 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 the pregnant place where it gives birth to a new you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was that like that injury helped a lot. And then 
I started to get more into spirituality, like seven spiritual laws of success. And then I met one of my teachers, um, actually when I spent a little bit of time in Israel and he was like the coolest guy. He was a, a natural doctor, um, mm. really like opened my eyes to plant medicine. I didn't really know much about it. Like I think I'd eaten mushrooms one time before that, but like totally recreationally and like didn't know much about it. And then he talked about like plant medicine and kind of using it in a ceremony. And when I got back from Israel, this is a little bit further now, I'm like 21 years old, got back from Israel and, uh, ate mushrooms with the two of my best friends in the, the one that called me the yoga general and another guy in my backyard and uh, all the views so like the, the seven spiritual laws of success I like I believed it right like I was like yeah all right this makes sense to me and then that that journey that that night it was like wow that that it's 100% it's real like it's cemented mm -hmm. so it wasn't even just like a thought anymore it was like wow this is truth and uh that was also probably my first experience like where I really like channeled spirit. Like mm. the stuff I was saying, it wasn't anything I've heard before. And I was just like talking to my friends and it wasn't my words and it was just a, a really wild experience. And that definitely like set me off on a different trajectory. Yeah. It's crazy how much, you know, as far as, you know, plant medicine is becoming more mainstream now. You know, it's side effects. It's helped me in so many ways. You guys have probably heard on my other podcast, but it's crazy how it just like it, it drops the, the veil of like what's true and what's not true. Totally. You know? And yeah. it's just like, Oh, this is truth. This is yeah. spirit moving through me. I remember that night. One of the biggest things was like, <laughs> like making money isn't necessarily important having this kind of house or this kind of like job like none of that is important unless you're free like that was the mm. thing that kept coming through like freedom you have to feel free and then you know it's kind of funny too then I get deeper into yoga and that was a you know that spiritual side was like wow okay like a lot of these things that mushrooms taught me is what yoga says too it's and, the and all practice yeah yeah and all the spiritual traditions they kind of say the the same thing mm -hmm. you know when you when you look deep enough and um, that just got me even more into, into like yoga and spirituality. And then the next big moment for me was, because uh, I was still like, I would dabble with it. There'd be days where I'd be like really in my spiritual practice and yoga practice and meditation. And then like two months would go by without any of it, right? Like I was really back and forth in that like physical world and, and spiritual world lived in New York city for a little bit and did sales. So like totally in the physical world, like very much like the way I dressed mattered so much, like all these things. And, uh, and then I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease and that was the next like womb, like you talked about. Yeah. And, uh, How old were you? I think like 22 is right after college. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, you know, for a 22 year old, like that just like flipped my life upside down. Right. Like mm -hmm. I remember I was going to bars with my friends and like, ordering water and it was just like weird like it was it, yeah. it was a, it was a hard time um but then the but yoga and meditation became my medicine it was like the best medicine if i couldn't mm. sleep at night i could practice some yoga and meditate and breathe and i would sleep well if i didn't have energy i could practice yoga and like be energized and it was like the only time especially at the beginning i was like pretty sick and yeah. sick mentally because i like didn't want to accept this this reality it was the only time that I was like out of my head and mm. into my heart and just like feeling good. And, um, and then really soon after that, I was like, I gotta, I gotta share this. Like, yeah. this is medicine for me. I gotta share it. Do you feel like that's what the yoga did for you was like, get you out of your head and into your heart? Or like, what about the yoga, the spiritual practice, like helped you like make it through those, those rough times? Um, you know, I think a big thing is even going back to these, like these spiritual teachings that I, that I, I started to read some different books. So like the seven mm -hmm. spiritual laws of success after that mushroom journey in my backyard, that was really powerful. I, I talked to my mom, um, like the next day or maybe even later that night when I was still like, yeah. you know, kind of feeling the effects. And she gave me, um, Ram Dass's book, Be Here Now, Ooh. that I actually have right, right here. That's the one right yeah. there. <laughs> so I started to, like, I started to, to you know, get these, these, um, these lessons, these teachings and it, they're truths, mm -hmm. you know, like impermanence. So if I was feeling shitty, I was like, everything is impermanent. I realized that like, this isn't mm -hmm. going to last forever. And, uh, you know, so I had a lot of this knowledge 
it still is a process of like, and I'm still doing the work of like turning knowledge into wisdom. So like knowledge lives in your head. When you like embody it, it becomes wisdom. Mm. And, um, but I, I do think that I would get like these little glimpses of like, everything's okay. Like this is okay. You don't need to like resist so much. Like it's going to be temporary. Trust the, trust the process, trust the universe, trust God. And um, that's really what, what helped me. So I think that like my yoga practice and meditation at, the, at that time was like my way of, of talking to God. Mm. Yeah. And that is interesting. So, I mean, that's what it should be. It's, you know, yoga means union mm-hmm. to yoke. Right. It is to connect with God, to spirit, to the divine essence, whatever you want to believe it is. We can go back to your story, but this begs the question. It's like, okay, so now, so you're teaching in more of a corporate setting right now. Right now, yeah. How do you bridge that gap and like in, you know, a world full of like yoga fitness? Yeah. Or like, you know, people coming to yoga for... Yeah. For a, um, a workout or... Yeah. For a while, I like... And it's funny because it's like definitely not so yogi to do it, but I would like really judge those like fitness yoga classes and like yeah. gym yoga. And I was like, that's just not real yoga. But like real yoga, it doesn't even have to do with the, a rubber mat. And, yeah. you know, real yoga happens on a walk in nature. Real yoga happens for a lot of people when they're running or... or Riding a bike or podcasting. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. So um, so that helped a lot because I did have a lot of resistance to it. But I think mm-hmm. also like one of the things about the physical practice of yoga is it like opens these doors where you start to become more receptive. And I think it's really powerful when teachers can share in their classes. And that's like what I'm, what I'm really all about is like sharing a deeper message mm-hmm. because when you are, and I think Tony Robbins talks about this too, like when you change your physiologic, uh, physiology, so like when you're exercising, yeah. you become more open and more receptive. So whatever like words you speak or hear, they start to like become you. And um, so I think even people that come to yoga and at, at Lifetime, like there is a lot of people that come for the workout, like hot yoga, sweaty workout, you know, mm. um, but they're, they're going to get something more. Yeah. It, it, the body movement is going to open them up to the deeper message yeah. and then you're able to hold this. That's, you know, that's what I love about yoga is that especially the class setting, you know, people come for, even if they're just coming for the movement aspect, mm-hmm. you can give them a story that can hit them in the heart space totally. and I can open them up and it may be the catalyst yeah. that changes the direction of their life in a more like yeah. heart led way. Yeah. And I know in, in my, you know, in my situations, cause even for me, when I really started yoga, it was like physical, like get, heal my mm-hmm. shoulder. And then, and then I started to, I'd have yeah. like a few classes here and there where a teacher would share some deeper teaching. And I was like, Whoa, this is powerful. And like, this is something that state, you know, I mean, I've had yoga classes that have stayed with me for years mm-hmm like things that teachers said. So I thought that was really, really a powerful thing. But also the idea of the physicality, like, and I I went through this too when I was getting, when I was diagnosed with Crohn's and really kind of like suffering with it. If your physical body's not feeling good, it's really Mm. hard to do any mental or spiritual work, right? Absolutely. Like stub your toe and try to pray to God. Like, you know, it like doesn't happen. It takes that pain or whatever takes, takes your whole awareness. Mm. Um, so sometimes the physical practice just to get out of discomfort is the first step in being able to open yourself up to it's other the foundation the, what, what I tell my clients or people it's like okay where do you go to worship you yeah. go to the temple what is, the body is the temple totally you know so it's like yeah, I love that. you have to have the body right first and, 100% and there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts out there whether it's like the does the energetic affect the physical or does the physical affect the energetic and it's like it goes both, both ways yeah. you can you can get to one or the other from the other side totally. you know you can go about it from an energetic standpoint you're eventually going to have to take care of your physical body yeah. you can take care of your physical body but you're eventually going to have to get your mind 
in the right sure. spot. It all matters. It, it all yeah. matters. That's so what yoga says, which is big too. Which is huge. Yeah. And for my community, I, I see a lot of people that are, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm immersed in a few different, a lot of different communities, whether it's like fitness or like, you know, straight spiritual astral projection all the time you know like they're way the fuck out there Uh but they're letting their physical body like deteriorate totally and it's like okay how can we because we live in a duality we live in a dual reality yeah and it's like we have to take care of both and i guess my question is how do we create a practice that is integrating both of them yeah i think uh one of the things that just popped up for me, and this is something that one of my teachers shared. He sat with a, with like some elders of, of a Mayan mm-hmm. community in Tulum, and they said that community is based on, on three things. Uh, song, dance, and storytelling. And I feel like when you have those things, Damn. you really do have that, <laughs> like, all the, all the different aspects. And, uh, you know, dance, it, it's just movement. It doesn't have to be, like, how we think yeah. of, like, traditional dance, but yoga's dance, any kind of movement's dance. Um, and storytelling I think is really a huge it's how we evolved like we've Mm. our brains are wired for storytelling because that's before anything written like as humans or even before we were humanoids whatever um, we would we would learn through stories so our brains are wired for storytelling and um, I just released an ebook on like yoga themes and, and stories and when I was doing research for it like there's so much research on how our brains work and when you tell uh, your audience or your students a story mm-hmm. your brain sync up and you can like really plant seeds into the unconscious um, so that's really that's a cool like powerful thing and and community is is the spiritual aspect of it so I think when you incorporate those three things into like whatever class you're teaching whether you're teaching yoga movement whatever but like play some music that changes you that changes get your, you absolutely yeah get your body moving and then and then storytelling too like some people don't think they're storytellers but we're constantly telling stories everything we even, ever do even if in your mind you're telling yourself a story yeah those are know? the stories we got to really be aware of those are the stories yeah. that we have to be aware of more than anything is yeah. the t- story we tell ourselves but yeah wow that is that is powerful brother yeah it's yeah. A, it's interesting too like um you know, the yoga, the way our Western culture thinks about yoga is they think about the poses that you do on a mat. And now that I've even evolved more and learned more and, and studied different things, like I actually believe that from the, the dance part of those three things, the movement part of those three things, like I'm actually more into the kind of work you do, like the mobility stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's even better for the, for the body than, um, especially the way that, that a lot of people in the West practice yoga. Like if yeah. you're, if you're like, you know, people practice physical yoga or even exercise, a lot of people practice or exercise like from a mindset of like hating their body Absolutely. instead of loving their body. Mm. And you're gonna wear it out if you are living from that place. Yeah, I think from the physical aspect is like the body loves variety. So if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, they call it repetitive stress injury for a reason. Yeah. So it's like, that's where dance is huge, man. Dance is like, there is no specific structure. It's like move your body yeah. in the way that it wants to move. Yeah. And I love that too. No rules. Like Dude, ecstatic dance is so It's, it's amazing. Oh my yeah. God. Even, <laughs> even during the, uh, this quarantine, Brie and I have yeah. been leading like almost weekly ecstatic dance parties, like cacao ceremony, ecstatic dance parties online on zoom. And it's like, it's amazing. It feels so good. And, uh, I think that's one of the things even also with yoga that turns a lot of people off or like a misconception. Cause yoga, from my understanding, the aim of yoga, the reason we practice is to free ourselves, free ourselves from physical mm-hmm. discomfort, free ourselves from mental, you know, harm and, and, um, and, and free our soul. And a lot of yoga, especially like alignment-based yoga, is very rigid. And there's like yeah. so many rules. And um, and then the repetitiveness because we're doing the same thing and we're only staying in one range of motion. And uh, It's the opposite of freedom. Yeah, it's the opposite of freedom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've taken some classes and been like, you know, because I, I listen to my body too. Like mm-hmm. a yoga teacher, we're guides. 
right? Like we can offer something. I, I think about it as like a, a tour in a museum. Mm-hmm. We can offer, we can say, hey, here's some oil paintings and here's some sculptures and here, look at that. And maybe like feel for this, but I don't know your body is as, as much as you, as you do. do. Yeah. Even no matter how much anatomy I study and stuff, like mm-hmm. you feel, I can't feel for you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, that's a big part of the, the yoga that I teach is, is more just like, Hey, I'm going to give you some options, but this is really all about just like move your body and, and feel good. Dude, that is the number one thing is like become aware of your own body. Mm-hmm. And I even notice that like in my body work sessions, I'll be like moving someone's arm and they'll be like just holding on to their arm. And I'm like, okay, just let the arm relax. And they're like, what, what do you mean? Like, I don't, I'm like, okay, just let it relax. Like they don't even realize yeah. that they're holding their arm because, because, <laughs> because they don't even have, they're not even aware or they don't even have like life force their own consciousness, their own awareness moving through that part of their body. Yeah. we become super disconnected to everything, to our body, to our food, to everything. And our food, that's a huge one because our, we know from science that like we become, our body uh, is made of our food. Eating is the most intimate thing you can do. Yeah. It's going to become you. Yeah. And we're so disconnected to it. I actually met a guy when I was on a little medicine um, journey in Peru who, um, for a, for a long time, he was like, he ate meat, but he didn't really like, he kind of didn't feel morally like it was right. So he, he yeah. decided for one year, he was only going to eat animal flesh that he like hunted himself or, or yeah. caught himself. And um, he said that it was like such a deep spiritual experience because Damn. like it, it didn't, the, the taste of the food, he, he talked yeah. about like hunting a deer and he said that the taste of it didn't matter. He said every time that he like prepared it, he was so connected to God. He was back on that like meadow, right? Like on the woods of like where he, where he got it, where he, you know, shot it or or hunted it. And, um, he's like, we're so obsessed with taste because we're disconnected from food. Yeah. And, and the more, and that's just, that's a relationship that we, we should be connected to. And if you look Mm -hmm. at like how many people are involved in us getting food to our plates in one way, it's like wow amazing that we have these connections and these networks but also like our ancestors you know like you grew the food you hunted it you foraged it like whatever it was like direct and and you and then it becomes such a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. rather than just like this stuff we do for pleasure or whatever it's like what what's the long-term cost of that because it's obvious it's not sustainable you know we've only been doing it for less than 100 years or and we'll eventually see the, um, I mean, we're already seeing the issues with environmental stuff, totally. nature, and it's like, oof. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I'm definitely a qualitarian, you know, like, I'm just like, I'll only eat what's, what's quality, if it's local. Like, lately I've been eating almost whatever just to like see if I can like transmute it through my mind and you know I'm not eating like any like GMO or I eat mostly organic but I've been you know kind of incorporating a little bit bread here and there which is terrible for me or dairy or meat or whatever it is but like I can't even imagine I I can't even imagine what it would be like to when I eat meat have been so connected to that animal that I've taken its life, it becomes me and it becomes the people that I love. And being able to put that, like, that's so sacred because it's literally becoming you. And you're able to give it to, you know, your loved ones as well too. And it becomes them. And it's just like... And then if you're living, like, in alignment with your highest self, then you're actually, like, really honoring that animal Mm. that killed that that you know that died for you for your nourishment and like i'm not i'm not against me i do eat mostly plant-based and uh more just for like my i think i think i feel the best yeah um but i also feel like you know the way a lot of the meat like the factory farm stuff i'm like damn yeah it's gotta that's that stuff's gotta end and and uh yeah i wish people like that could be something too just have more of a connection like know where your food comes from even just yeah. that, like knowing where your food comes from is going to, you're going to be more connected to what you eat. Dude, I hope that since this whole coronavirus thing is going to at least help us be a little bit more 
self-sustainable or strive to be self-sustainable. Yeah. That's one of the things I was saying. Like I made a post about like, I don't know, five takeaways I have right now. And I don't remember all of them, what I wrote. To be sovereign for oneself. Yeah. One of the big ones is like, if you have a yard, grow a garden, grow something. If you have a yard. Just grow something. Yeah. And the people that like, again, are like, um, American dream culture of having the greenest grass in the neighborhood. Grass uses so much water, like more water than a vegetable garden. It uses like way more pesticides and herbicides and like all this bullshit. And imagine if everyone's front yard, imagine if the new American dream, like every front lawn was a garden. It would be incredible, you know? And if you were growing certain things and I was growing certain things and then we could just like, you know, trade or have like more of a community gathering where we're like making food together and the food was like, you know, shared between us and we were creating that eating to be that like eating to be like a spiritual practice, you know, and then we were like moving together as a community. Yeah. I think more community stuff. I mean, you kind of talked about it. You like, we both kind of live in in a a smaller community where, Mm. where there's like townhouses around an apartment building, but like how, how many people really know their neighbors? And it's, you know, we've become, we're become more set, more disconnected from, mm. from everything. And it's just a, like, I really believe that it stems from being disconnected to ourselves, you know, disconnected to, to not having awareness of our thoughts, not having awareness of what we're doing inside. And this, the, the outside to me is just like a macrocosm. So when mm-hmm. we, when we, and it, that's like the idea of like, be the change. And it, I really believe that's the truth. Like when we, mm-hmm. when we clear the, the rivers of, of our, like our, of our blood, when our blood becomes clean, then, mm-hmm. then the oceans are going to become clean. Right. When we're, cause that's like, that's, we are the internal totally where it's just, a, it's yeah. a reflection of, of what's going on on the inside. So that's why that self work is so important. That's all, that's all we can, that is all we have the ability to do is work on ourselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. Even, like yeah. Ram Dass said, he's like, the only thing that I can do for you is work on me. Yeah. You know, or something along the lines like yeah, that. Yeah, and I love it. And it makes sense. And I mean, especially I've experienced this a lot because I, I used to do it even more where I would really like kind of be a preacher, right? Where I would just like, I would always tell my friends like, come on guys, you got to like work out. You got to eat healthy. And they were like, mm-hmm. fuck you, dude. Like, doesn't I don't want to do like that. that. Yeah. No, it doesn't work. You, you, you have to be a model. Yeah, it's the only yeah. way to make a change is like really be a model for people rather than a judge and that's it's that's hard work for me because I see people that like mm. aren't as conscious or spiritual and even in that I realize that's like ego that, that yeah. even makes that comparison but it's just or like even family I mean yeah. I know you said your mom's a yoga teacher but like I watch my parents just destroy themselves yeah. and I've gone about it in many different ways from a place of anger from a place of hate from a place of like sadness from a place of emotionality or or from a place of just wanting them to change so bad like i will i'll tell you guys all the different things to do and and but it's like i have to let go of that yeah and i have to just do it myself and like hopefully they choose make the choice to join along yeah and I love the, you know, we carry our family's traumas. Like I, I've mm. been really reflecting Absolutely. on that, like the familial trauma. And I see a lot of like, you know, just qualities in me that, that I've gotten from my mom and dad. Some are great and, and some obviously aren't because it's humans, right? Like no one's perfect. But um, the more I can heal that in myself, I really believe that I heal it in my, my father and even my grandfather who's no longer living. Like I feel like I heal that, that soul and then, the, and then everyone that comes after me right like I want to break the the chain of whatever traumas we've been we've been carrying yeah and it's all starts with what do you think that starts with like decision making or probably awareness in the first place yeah awareness first self-awareness totally it's like that's what we're trying to do with yoga with our practice our spiritual practices become aware of self become aware of body become aware of Am I holding on to my arm too tightly? You know, am I holding on to my, am I holding on to this thought that's in my head too tightly that's replaying the same fucking story over and over and over again? And how do I become aware of that? I sit with myself in practice. Slow down. Slow down. Quiet down. Go into nature. I think Mm. a, a, a big thing too that I've really been feeling more and more lately 
is in every one of us, like, or, or who we actually really are, like the essence, the soul, it knows all this stuff. It does. Yeah. So it's really these, all these different practices are just a remembrance. They're just remembering mm-hmm. what's already there. And, and then like, look at, you know, I have a, I have a baby niece who I don't get to see so much cause she lives on the opposite side of the country. She's in Massachusetts. Yeah. But when I FaceTime her or like the times I have spent with her, like you are just a soul. Like there's no ego there. You don't judge yourself. You don't yeah. judge others. You just you just are love, and you're and you're like so real. You know if she's if she's sad, she cries, and then but then yeah. it's done. You it know it moves through you. It's a clean, it's a clean filter. I think we all are like, we all are like filters of expression, mm-hmm. and we're receiving, and then we're expressing, mm-hmm. and it's like the baby is just a clean filter of that. It's anything that is going on, it just moves it through it. Yeah, it just goes And like, we're like, something happens to us, we hold on to it. Yeah, or we start to analyze it. We analyze start to judge it, it. Or we start to like, attach onto it and say, yeah. this is a part of me. Yeah. This is how I am. Yeah. I can't be any other way than this. Yeah. You know, because this is my personality or this is just the, the shitty aspect of myself. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, then that becomes part of your filter. And then whatever is like you're taking in and expressing out of you, it is like leaving that imprint. Mm-hmm. And we do it a lot, you know, be aware of, of when you say like, that's just the way I am. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny because it's like that. I mean, if you, if you want that, sure. If you want that to be, yeah. yeah. Like you're, you self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So when you speak that into existence, you're going to feel that way. It's going to be harder to let go. But mm-hmm. if you can start to see like, wait, Where'd that even come from? Like who yeah. first told me that I'm not good at dancing so I don't ever yeah. dance? There was someone on, on the virtual retreat that I led that said she hadn't danced in like 20 years. She was like a you know, middle-aged woman. Said she hadn't danced in 20 years and she was like really nervous, especially because it's all on Zoom. So the yeah. call, she like sent me an email and like back and forth. I was like, just, I was like, just, just see. You know, even if you go on for five minutes, like just see what it is. And then she was dancing and First of all, she was an incredible dancer and she had so much fun. And she's like, I can't believe I've like robbed myself of joy for 10 years because, and and, you know, I didn't really get deep with her to the, to the point, but probably somewhere along the line, someone maybe made fun of her or told her she wasn't a good dancer. Mm. And it could have been when she was like five years old and we just hold on to that stuff forever. So like, Mm. just be aware of those, of those thoughts because she might not have even said it out loud. Like I don't dance just in her head she's got that like that voice of like no you don't dance you're not a good dancer don't don't make a fool of yourself and then we like we listen to that voice we give it so much power but it's mm-hmm. it's it's not who we are yeah it is you know and and how do we become aware of that slowing down spending time in nature meditating connecting to our body you know plant medicines have We'll just bring that up and show you that yeah. clear as day. For sure. I'm not necessarily advocating that, but, you know, set and setting and, and right scenario, there's no doubt that there are plant teachers. Yeah. I even kind of believe that, like, when people have, like, a quote-unquote bad trip, I don't know if there is, like, a bad trip. It's just a, a difficult, it, it's a difficult experience. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and it's like you, something's coming up that you've probably suppressed for a long time and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the integration can be hard and stuff. And yeah. I, I do think that there should be guidance when, when you're, when you're going on these plant medicine journeys. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think even the, the most challenging moments and it's also a metaphor for life because the most challenging moments yeah. in our life usually bring us to a place of clarity. Mm-hmm. And then at least we can realize like, Whoa, I've been telling myself this for 20 years. I've been holding on to this stuff forever. And if that thing doesn't become expressed, then you suppress, you repress, mm-hmm. and then you become depressed. Mm, love that. And it's yeah. like, and then it, yeah. and then it manifests as some physical calcification in the body. Yeah. Disease. That, that becomes a disease. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, from some of the work that I've done, I believe that my so I've been diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases right like Mm -hmm. uh, Crohn's and diabetes and I really believe in the reflection that I've done and the work that I've done that 
a lot of it's because I, I suppressed some mm-hmm. trauma that I experienced and like just really pushed it down. Um, you know, and it was, it was related to like my fam and, and my parents. And I think that, but, but also like, it's not their fault. Right? It like, I, yeah. I chose to push it down. I chose to suppress it. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that was like a big part of a big root of, of that dis ease. That's, uh, you know, that's powerful that you say you chose that because it's like, I believe that our, our superpower as humans is choice. Mm-hmm. Like we have the choice to make every decision in our life. Yeah. And it's like that if, so if you don't, if you don't like what the result of your life is look at what you are choosing unconsciously. Yeah. Love that. So free will, you believe that's all free. Like I believe that we are, you know, thing we are happening to the world and the world is happening to us. Mm-hmm. It goes both ways, but I do believe that we have the power of choice to mm-hmm. make decisions and our decisions are going to, um, give us a direct reflection of our reality. And I've made some shitty decisions yeah. and I've been in a, place of hell you know yeah from it for sure and you know especially the the decisions that we make unconsciously yeah where we're not even aware that we're choosing this thing but every action that you make that you that you make you're making a choice with that action for sure and thought too i mean to an extent like in the the words especially thoughts it's a little harder to gain control over yeah like the words that we speak we choose them and and there's something that i've been um that I just really believe in and this idea of like radical responsibility and radical acceptance mm-hmm. and like to an extent everything in your life it, you, you're, you have the responsibility of and it doesn't necessarily mean that the actions that yeah. the things happen I don't even like saying happen to you because I do believe everything happened for you yeah. but your response is your responsibility mm-hmm. And if you go to a deeper level of like karma, which I really believe in, like cause and effect. You might have chose that. You kind of <laughs> chose that. Like yeah. everything that's happened for you and it may not, might not have even been in this lifetime, right? Like yeah. obviously consciously I wouldn't choose to be diagnosed with diseases, right? Yeah. But I made a lot of choices like in my childhood and in college where I ate a lot yeah. of shitty food and drank a ton of alcohol. and. Or you probably just, wouldn't be where you are now affecting you know, tons of people's lives in a radically positive way. Totally. And I also realized that I'm a really privileged human in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do feel blessed with like my mind and like the life that I've had. And if I didn't have, if those things hadn't happened for me, yeah, I wouldn't be able to relate as well to other humans that are suffering. Absolutely. Cause I went through most of my life. Like literally if you talk to me when I was like in college or like maybe late in high school, be like, I don't really know what stress feels like. I would, mm-hmm. I would say that to, to my friends. It's like, I don't think I ever really get stressed, you know? And then like, definitely mm-hmm. the, there was a, a period of my life where there was a lot of stress. But I think also that was part of my suppression. Yeah. I didn't feel stressed because I didn't let myself feel it. You know, like the stress was, was just being held on in the body. Yeah. You probably weren't consciously processing the stress. Right, yeah. It's interesting because I have this, this thought or this idea. It's like, and I, I believe this is a truth that, okay, what, what's the number one killer? The number one killer is stress. Mm-hmm. You know, there's good stress, there's bad stress, but chronic stress, you know, stress over time weakens the body to where it can't fight things off. Thus, we start to develop some sort of disease from that. Right. So what is stress? Stress is pressure. If I'm going to stress you, I'm putting some sort of external pressure on you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, how do we get rid of the pressure? We have to X the pressure, or we have to express. Mm. And if we don't express, then we suppress, mm. repress, and we depress. Mm. So it's like, I think finding routes of expression are ways that we're going to move the stress through our filter. Yeah. And figure out how to move it through our body, whether it's dance, whether it's yoga, whether it's well, there's fucking screaming, screaming. Really, that's like, cathartic as fuck, yeah. dude. It's like yeah. some of the most healing things is I've gone out on these mountaintops and just screamed my lungs out, yeah. and I feel so much better. For sure, and I think especially as men, because men we grow up again with this like 
image that like we're not really supposed to feel we're not really supposed to be like you know sensitive and and yeah. um so i think that a lot of men and, and men also are the ones that have way more heart disease and mm-hmm. it's mostly men that are dying of covid and you yeah. know because because i think that there's not a, a healthy expression or a lot of men don't believe they have a healthy way to express yeah and um i think that's another like part of my journey that i want to move into more is like just help other guys realize that like hey you can you can do these things and i i like i there's times where i get like you know i'm a yoga teacher like i get angry i get sad like i feel everything and um you're supposed to totally that's part of the human experience yeah and i know that if i when i have like consistent practices of releasing or of expressing Mm -hmm. then it comes out in pretty healthy okay ways yeah. And if I don't do those practices, whether it's like for me, like competitive sports is really important. Kind of talk about that. Relate. Yeah, we can relate. Yeah. Um, you know, Bree and I have been teaching a class that we call the release where it's like mm. a mix of yoga and like kind of like calisthenics and different movements, but we use our voice a lot. So we're like yeah. yelling while we're like going through the practice and mm. it's like super healing. And, um, yeah, like those are great ways for me to, to release. And if I don't, that it comes out in other ways where, where that's yeah. like not my highest self. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've experienced that for sure. Yeah. Dude, I've been inspired just watching, you know, through this whole, um, this whole quarantine thing, just watching you continue to show up for your community as far as digitally, you know, holding the 30 the day online retreat. Yeah. Dude, how was that? Like what, was, what did you learn through really, that or like what, I guess, what was your experience? It was really, it was really special, really special. Um, to be just, to, to just be holding connection through a digital space. Yeah. First of all, it's way, uh, it can happen. You know, it that was happen. my first thing. Like you can connect, <laughs> you, made it you can happen, have yeah. connection, you can have community online. And, um, so that was like really powerful in itself, but really the whole experience, you know, I didn't think much about it or plan much for it. Like mm-hmm. lifetime shut down and I was supposed to have a retreat in Tulum and I knew that was, that was canceled obviously. And I was like, well, this is just it. I mean, just like, let's have a virtual retreat because everyone's teaching classes and, and I'll be honest, like my favorite thing to do is not just teach yoga classes. I think that's like the most shallow uh, of a of a connection or impact that I have mm-hmm. but like when you can do deeper work and have conversations yeah. like it's it's a lot powerful so so I like created this retreat and it was really a lot of it was was channeled like looking <laughs> back now it's kind of wild like how much uh, I was in such a place of creation mm. like created so much wrote more than I've ever wrote and like in the middle of the 30 day retreat I also wrote this ebook like there's just like so much creation and it didn't feel like a lot of work and I think it really was just like channel like most of it was channeled but it was um, it was powerful I mean for me like I really I haven't felt at all in fear of of anything like uh, haven't felt in fear of, of COVID haven't really felt in fear of economic impact mm. like you know, and I think that that really helped like doing that work every day. And then the people that went through it, like some of the testimonials that I got, the things that people said to me, it's just like, it's kind of mind blowing and, and humbling too, especially from the fact of like, it doesn't feel like I did it. <laughs> like yeah. even right now, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I did the work because it wasn't, it, it wasn't work. It mm. just really like, it just, it just flowed and I trusted it. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't know, like something would come through. Yeah, spirit moved through me. And even things like on the retreat, I I love playing games. Like I love having fun. I believe that's like the most spiritual thing you can do is have fun. So we did like Mm. an online scavenger hunt. And I'm pretty sure that like just came through. I don't think I like saw a lot of things that, you know, I'll see something somewhere and I'll I'll apply it in my life. But I think it just came through and it was so much fun. You know, like just... And like we did some crazy stuff on the scavenger hunt, like just different what was the items. Most crazy thing? Like, what? Um, like some some funny things. One was uh, spoiled food, like expired food. So that was yeah. funny. Everyone like ran to their fridge and like everyone had, <laughs> everyone had some expired Laughter food. Is so healing. Yeah, and I was like, throw that shit out. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, one of the things was handcuffs, and that was really funny because like Dude, yeah. you know, not so many people have handcuffs, yeah. but the ones that do is like kind of vulnerable. And totally. um, it was just super cool, and like it really felt like a community. 
And I miss, I kind of missed the community because we connected every single day. And now mm. the retreat ended like, I guess, uh, maybe like 10 days ago. And, you know, for me, I love, I love being with community, but it opened my eyes for sure to this world of like, yeah, online can be, can be really powerful, you know, like it, it you can connect in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and I'll definitely do more yeah. of the virtual retreats. Yeah, mm. for sure. That's cool. Is there anything that you've recently like changed your mind on? <sighs> Um, like any core values, any, any, any long time belief or anything. You know, I think one of the really big things recently that's changed for me, and this actually came from, from Danny, from your girlfriend. She told me to read the surrender experiment by, by Michael Singer. Oh yeah, yeah. And, um, and I read that book and, and it like, I've really been kind of following that where I'm just like surrendering, like whatever life brings me, I know is, is, is good. Mm. And I know the divine, divine intelligence is a lot more than my, like my ego intelligence. Yeah. And um, that's helped a lot because in, in other ways I would like resist or analyze and judge a lot. And now I'm like, so that's been a big one for me to just like, Hey, th- this is good. Like I'm right where I need to be. And I, that's a good, like knowledge versus wisdom. You know, knowledge into wisdom because knowledge it's embodiment right yeah knowledge like you're you know you're exactly where you need to be I've said that a bunch of times now I really like you feel, feel that, that. In, yeah. your physic- in your physical body yeah. so that's that's been like that's been a really a really big thing for me is to just surrender to what is and the more mm-hmm. I'm doing that I'm starting to realize that like well that's actually what freedom is you know, like mm. it's not a, you know, or even like heaven and hell, whatever you want to say yeah. or freedom, the aim of yoga, it's not something that you're working towards down the line. It's, right it's now, every yeah. single moment. It's just yeah. in this moment, you're either in heaven or, or in hell. And it might not be like a super, you know, it might not yeah. be so far on the spectrum, but like in each moment, if you can accept and surrender to what is, you're going to yeah. feel pretty free and light. The key word is surrender. That yeah. was my last medicine journey was all around that, mm. that word surrender. And it's interesting because I, I came like just in my head, the word kept coming up and it's like to surrender, you have to trust mm-hmm. and to trust. You have to just know that you're in the right place. Yeah. And like the, the, like to trust, you have to surrender and surrender. You have to trust. And it's like, if you're doing those both, those two things, then you can be present in your life. Totally. You know, you're not like thinking, you're not stressing on the future or, you know, pouting over the past or whatever it is. Like you're, you're full, you're surrendering. Yeah. It's beautiful. And, um, I think another thing that I've like changed my mind on lately, or, or I guess, um, I'm, I'm being more like God connected and less afraid to, to even use the word God. Like I used to really avoid that mm. word because I know not everyone believes in God, yeah. but everybody in some way has like God yeah. to and them. If you say that word, like their picture of their God will come up. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely like just, just having more conversations with God or spirit and like mm-hmm. asking spirit to come through something I do now before I teach yoga classes is I'll just say like spirit come through. And, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd like recommend it to, to any yoga teacher, but <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I haven't been planning my classes at all. Like I'll plan a playlist, but I won't even, yeah. I haven't really even been planning like what to talk about, like what message yeah. or theme I just spirit come through me. Like, please, thank you for allowing me to be a vessel for you. And, uh, and I think that it's, it's allowed me to be more creative. Well, God is creator. So when you're mm-hmm. in connection with God, you're going to, your expression is going to be more creative. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just been a, that's been a really powerful thing too. And, and I think part of my mission now is to also get more people to connect to God, source, spirit brother yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the uh, that's the Lord's work yeah, for sure <laughs> um, so I know you have a, a digital ebook coming out yeah just released it last night just released it last night how yeah, does that feel just sent it out felt, felt really good I, I mean I've never 
done it before. And it's always really scary to do things for the first time. Yeah. You know, and I think also like that surrendering, my old self would very much be like, I hope they like it. I hope everybody likes it. You know, like really, yeah, like, and I, and I even, that's something that even came to me. It's funny. Like, you know, anything can be your teacher when you, when you like awaken. But, um, I played golf by myself the other day and walked 18 holes. So, and like, didn't get on my phone at all. So it's very much like a, a meditation. I was very much with my, with my thoughts and I realized, and I played really well and I realized that like when I'm with people, I don't play as well because I put pressure on myself to impress. Mm. And that's been a big thing for me too. And I think that like, you know, in the past, if I released this ebook, I'd be like, I really hope it impresses people. I really, and for me, it was like, look, I, I did, I did the work that, that came through. It's, it's been really this, it didn't start as a book. It started as a, yeah. a resource for me. And, um, and now I'm like, you know, there's going to be some people that love it that are going to have amazing, you know, like it's going to really elevate their teaching and their lives. And there's going to be other people that don't like it. Dude, then that's, that's okay. all that matters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And being okay with, with like not being liked is like another big part of like piece of work for me. Same brother. And, uh, and the more you can do that, most people's, um, the thing that holds people back from creating whatever they're working to do, right? The yeah. program, the re- writing the book, like yeah. it's, it's they're afraid the pod, like starting a podcast. Yeah. It's people, it's like, you're kind of afraid that people aren't going to like it or aren't going to like it. People are going to hate on you or like for some reason it's like, that's going to happen, but you're also going to have people that are inspired. Totally. You know, and that are going to love what you put out. Yeah. And even if you just, you know, if you just impact one person, amazing. Absolutely. There's a really cool story I want to, I want to share real quick. Um, So that when I, when I moved to Michigan, so Michigan is where I lived before Arizona. I came from New Jersey. At, at Lifetime in, in New Jersey, like the yoga community there in Mount Laurel was insane. I would, I would literally have like 80 to 100 people in most of my classes. Like just, just mats. Did you teach on the basketball floor? Or Our studio was huge. And like oh literally no space. Like mats would be touching. Yeah. But it was just such a powerful thing and like amazing community. And then I went to Michigan. And no one taught the style that we teach at Lifetime yeah. that I learned from my teacher, Johnny. Um, no one stopped, taught that style in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I really like stood out and yeah. that's, that's a big part of why, cause the styles like it just, it works really well. Yeah. And um, that was a big part of why the community was so strong. And then I moved to Michigan to learn from Johnny cause he was there. And, um, and I went from having 80 people in my classes to like eight people in my classes. And it was really a challenge for me. Um, one, like that same ego, like wanting to be liked, mm-hmm. but also you know, it, it, it was, it took more energy to teach to a smaller group. Like I didn't have as much to feed off of. Yeah. And, um, it was just a struggle in a lot of ways. And I met this guy who, uh, who shared this story with me about, um, a rabbi in a really, he was a really popular rabbi who would give like these talks and lectures and he would do it in a, in a lecture hall that would hold like 200 people, like packed houses, all, every class. And there was a huge snowstorm. And this might have been like Brooklyn or something. Yeah. Huge snowstorm one day. And um, the rabbi went to class anyway. But when he got there, only two people, only two students came to class because it was, you know, a big snowstorm. Everyone stayed in. And the rabbi started his lecture like he always does and, and had like so much energy, so much enthusiasm, filled up the entire auditorium with his voice like just gave so much heart and soul into this into this lecture and the two students that were there afterwards were like rabbi like that was that was incredible like amazing but it was it was just the two of us what like what was that all about like having that much energy like you could have just sat down and talked to us and he he said ah you thought I was just teaching to the two of you so I was teaching to you but also your kids and their kids and their mm. kids, you know. So when we when we impact just one person, it, it's a huge chain of people, and, and like that's how you create these ripples, right? The ripple effect, like make a difference in one person's life. It's Smile affect everyone in their community. Yeah, yeah. that's powerful, brother. Really. Yeah. So again, like you create create what you want to create, whether it's a podcast or a book or a course, mm. and even if one person has a good experience, 
you're making a big difference in the world because that one person is going to affect, you know, the 10 closest people to them. Those 10 people are going to affect the 10 closest people to them. And then like, you know, you create these really strong, strong ripples. So, uh, so that was, that was huge for me. And that's something that I try to remember when I do things like Mm. release a new book. Cause again, I know. And also like, you know, I looked, um, there, there, there really was no resource for me. Like the, like I love theming, but I couldn't really find any theming books out there that I liked. There was one that I got from Amazon. It was like 10 bucks, you know? Yeah. And for me, I was like, damn, well this, this work I've done for, for so long. So like my ebook is $55 mm-hmm. and there's people that came to me and they're like, what? You're trying $55 for like an electronic book, you know? So yeah. that was like another thing too, where I was like, I had to like get over that. But honestly yeah. it could, for some people it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, a thousand dollar value. Absolutely. Because they're going to have such a bigger impact on their classes. And there's also going to be some people that, that might not even read the book. That's just yeah. the reality of it, but that's out of my control. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, so that, so it's been a, it's been a really cool experience doing this cause it was something new, but I also think that like, there's definitely going to be more books in my future. Absolutely. And yeah. you made it happen. And that's what yeah, matters. Made it happen. You birthed that. Yeah. Spirit yeah. helped. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Well, you, uh, you embody the, uh, the storyteller archetype very well. And, Thanks, um, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll wrap it there, brother. Sounds that was great. Absolutely a blessing to drop in with you, brother. Yeah, we'll do so this good. again. Definitely. For sure. Lots great of, conversation. Yeah. Yeah, All man. Right, man. Much brother. love, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.